0: All right, I, wanna, I got a simple quote to start out with, something we've shared before. Just hear it. It's a confession and a truth at the same time. I am a mess and deeply loved by God. I know it's only January 14th, And some of you might still be doing well with your resolutions. Some of you are still on that diet you started. You're still going to the gym because it's only the second week. You're still working on trying to stop smoking or cursing or drinking too much. You, You might still be on track and that's awesome. But for the rest of us, can we just receive that today? I am a mess. And... Deeply loved by God. Amen. I came across um, this worship song last week called Reckless Love. And it wrecked me. It's so amazing because the, the lyrics of the song, you know, very rarely that you know, sometimes just that one, you know, you hear a song and it just kind of gets you, it just gets inside you, right? And and I think what it is about this song, it's so amazing because it's not just a beautiful song, every verse is Bible. So, you know, when you're just singing biblical truth, is is something different than just singing about, you know, tomatoes and ex-girlfriends or or whatever, right? And so the, the, the lyrics from this song are just so beautiful. It, it goes like this. It says, before, I'm not going to sing, relax. It says, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. When I was your foe, you, your love fought for me. You've been so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You've been so kind to me. And I got to tell you, I was just inspired, man. I was inspired to, motivated to preach, to share, to teach. I wanted to, to, to rap, so I wrote something for you. Here, here it goes. You ready? Come on, young people, say bars, bars, bars. Here it is, here it is. Your reckless love, it inspires me. Before I was even born, your love, it imagined me. Created for good in a world that so hood, wanting nothing to do with you but it should, didn't know that I could, can imagine why you would die for me. Yet me, you investigated. From the world I'm separated, no longer of but in, because of your love, no longer dead in my sin, I'm exonerated. Though I fall seven times, your love stands me up eight. No matter what I've done or the wrong I've become, you make my crooked path straight. Never too late to get right in his sight. By your might, I'm all right. Jehovah, this reckless love I just can't get over. When you look at me, you see him and you pass over. Bars. Can't help but rejoice, no choice, you're so kind to me. Sealed with a promise to help me along, your word even says in my weakness, you're strong, you've been so good to me. Truth is, you're there, you care, no matter what I go through, I'm a mess, and for some reason, I'm deeply loved by you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I know you're comfortable, but stand up for a moment. Let's pray as we get into the word. Amen. 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 This is a a strong prayer that we've prayed before, and I I just, just receive it today. Just let it be you today. Listen, close your eyes for a moment. Say, God, if I'm wrong, write me. If I'm lost, guide me. If I'm far, bring me close. Give me a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and the authority to follow through. And when I start to give up, God, keep me steadfast. This is a new year. Today is a new day. I'm filled with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, no obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. My hopes and my dreams can manifest today. And I approach this moment, Lord, with great expectation for miracle, breakthrough, and deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. High five, a couple people, and be seated. I'm excited. Come on. Tell somebody, wake up. Let's go. Today is your day. Worship team been singing about fill me up, pour it out, fill it up, pour it out. And and I show up with a bunch of jars. Come on, man. Every year around here, if you haven't been around for over a year, instead of New, year, New Year's resolutions, we pray and we ask God to give us a word for the whole year. Right? Resolutions are great. Listen, it's always good to, to evaluate your life and, and, and it's always good at the start of a year to decide, man, there's some things that I want to do better. Anybody? Amen. There's some things, it's always good to look back and say, man, there's some things that that I want to be a better husband, I want to be a better father, I want to be a a better friend, I want to be more committed, I want to be more dedicated, I want to be more faithful, and there's some things that that we want to do better, and there's nothing wrong with making resolutions. The problem with that is usually we forget them, and then after we break them, they're done, until next year we pick it up again. Right, and so the challenge every year is just how far into January are we going to get those resolutions? And so that's why every year at this time, the gyms and the health food stores do more business than they're going to do all year round. Regular gym goers hate January because the gyms are packed, and they got to wait till February and March to, to everybody be back to normal, right? All those people that bought new exercise uh, clothes for January, those would be in the back of a closet someplace or their pajamas from now on, right? So instead of these, just letting these resolutions go to be picked up again, what if we chose one word That would embody the change that we'd like to see. A word that God would use to shape our everyday living for an entire year. Doesn't that sound like a better idea? Amen? Come on, everybody. If you want want different results, you got to do something different. Amen? You can't do the same thing every year and expect something different. Right? Everybody wants change, but nobody wants to do anything different. Example. First year we did this, I chose the word healthy. I was about 15, 20 pounds a little heavier than I am at that point. And um, somebody sent me a picture recently and, you know, I, after I tried to want to curse them out, but they, they just reminded me that things have changed a little bit. But that year I chose healthy because I wanted, I wanted to have a word that, that would remind me that, you know, if I'm living according to this word, it would remind me, man, I need a little less sugar. I need a little less snacks. I need a little less, right? And I need to eat a little better. And I wanted a word that would kind of remind me to make better choices, more walking, more exercise, less sugar, things like that. And then, but then what happened was God began to use that word in my life in a different way. And God began to say, wait, wait, there's there's other areas in your life that I want to work with you on. I want you to be more healthy emotionally. I want you to be more healthy spiritually. I want to deal with some relationship issues that you have in your life. I want to deal with some unforgiveness that you have lingering, some letting go. And so the word was with me all year and it helped me ask the hard questions. I got to use my word and say, okay, is this healthy for me? Is this relationship healthy for me? Is this friendship healthy for me? Is this person, this habit, this attitude, and see, it's bigger than a resolution, and, and, and then, oh, I'm just going to work out more. Oh, amen, I'm going to work out more. And you look at a couple of, follow a couple of fitness people on Instagram, and it's just, you know, porn all year because that's all they send you with that kind of junk, Right? And so it's bigger than just working out more. 1 First, First Timothy 4a says bodily training is beneficial to an extent, but godliness is beneficial in all things because it holds promise both for this life and for the life to come. So I want you to ask God to give you a word for the year, a word that would speak to you and grow with you and a word that won't discourage you when you mess up but encourage you to keep going. Amen? My word for the year, this year, is jars. It'll get real to you in a moment. But even if it doesn't, it's for me. It's my word. So it's not for you anyway. Right? So if it, if it don't get real to you, it's fine. It's for me. God gave it to me. It's a reminder, something to live by this year. The title of my message this morning is Jars for Life. I want to talk to you a little bit about Elisha. And the widow's oil. It's a short passage in scripture. It's seven verses. You might know the story. And if you know me, it's one of my favorite passages in scripture. Let's read it real quick. 2 Kings chapter 4. Starting in verse 1, it says this. Now, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Let me give you some context. The story begins with a nameless prophet, who Elisha knows, obviously. He was one of the sons of the prophets. They called those that were studying under a prophet, and in this prophet school, they would call him sons of the prophets. And so so this man was a man of God. He served the Lord. He worked with Elijah. He was a good guy. He was on the right team. The story starts with the widow of this nameless prophet who is now not only dealing with the grief of losing her husband, but the reality is in, in her life is that she's been left with nothing. And s- see, see, sometimes God allows good people to go through hard times. Yeah, there's no amens for that. I know nobody want to... Hey, Amen. Pick me, God. Sometimes God allows hard things to happen. Things that we, we we can't explain. Things that we don't understand at the moment. Why did this person have to die? Why why was was, was his family so unprepared to handle it? Now, he, here's the, the the heavier part of this. In this culture your creditors could come after you. Say, say, thank God that's not today. In this culture, your creditors could come after you and and repossess your children. Like if there was a car that you didn't make payments on. I know none of you know about that life, but, but if you owed money, your creditors could have your children work for them as slaves. This was a law in that time. This is the culture. Now, um, understand this: the, the the culture that this was God's laws and everything in, the, in that time. But but the law, the culture protected widows. So technically, this wasn't even supposed to happen to her because she was a widow. But of course, you know, Home Depot and American Express—they didn't want to hear that. So your creditors could have could come and take your church. She's in danger right now of losing her children, and so she cries out to the prophet. She's really crying out to the Lord, right? The prophet is is the the connection to God that she has. And so Elijah, verse 2, Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? He says, what do you have? He he says, let's make, I want to help you. He's sympathetic. He cares. He says, I want to help you. What do you want me to do for you? Okay, let's understand this. What do you have? So what do you have? Side note, whenever we see in scriptures that God or a prophet or someone asks someone, what do you have? It's because he's about to show you how he can use what you already have to get what you need. Come on. See, the lesson is you already have what God can use. Feel that today. You already have what God can use. So he asked, What do you have? And 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 in in, in the word, you know, we, we're just imagining the story. We can't, we can't add or take away from what the scripture tells us, but the story is a simple seven verses. So we're just kind of putting ourselves in that. And so it looks like maybe she's embarrassed. She might have looked around, she might have made an assessment of her life, of everything that she she, she might be worth, of worth anything. And all she could come up with, she says, All I have is a little oil. And she probably has a little flask of oil. All I have, it's a little oil. And that tells us two things. First of all, it tells us she has nothing else of any value. A lot of commentators and and, uh, uh, scholars think that before she came to this point, she sold everything she could sell. If she had a, a donkey, if she had animals, if she had... she At this point, she probably sold everything she could sell. So she didn't have any precious jewels or any land that she owned. She had nothing else of value. Secondly, her, her comment tells us that oil has value. Right? because if if it didn't have value, she wouldn't have mentioned it. Like if, if I asked you and you tell me, "Listen, you know my rent is due, and they're going to throw me out, and I tell you, "What do you have?" And you're not going to say, "Well, I got mozola." Because <laughs> that that doesn't matter, right? Like, so what? You and your mozola are going to have to get out of the house." The, you know but in that time, the oil has value, or she wouldn't have mentioned it. See, oil in that time was was not only um, essential, but it was also, it was luxury and it was uh, essential, like you needed it to live. Oil was used for lighting, for heating, for cooking, for healing, for anointing. It was like, like to, to Hispanic people, it was like vapor rub. We put it on everything, right? So you needed oil. Oil was valuable of, of that time. It was considered a most basic essential. And so we know it's worth something. She says, your servant has nothing in the house, verse 2, verse 3. And then he says, okay, so here's what I want you to do. Go outside and borrow some jars from all your neighbors. Empty jars and not just a few. Imagine yourself in this situation. I borrowed those, so I'm real scared. Imagine yourself in this situation. He tells her to go around to your neighbors and get all the empty jars you can get, not just a few, so so, so so, there are no surprises here. He tells her exactly what he's going to have her do after she gets them. Look what he says in verse 4. He says, Then go in, <coughs> shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour into all these vessels, and when one is full, set it aside. Now, if you've been in church a while, if you've heard this story a bunch of times, you kind of, you kind of, it's just something that you know, but you kind of, you, you don't underget that this is a strange request. But she's desperate. She's desperate. She has no, nothing else. They're going to come take my, it's, it's, it's Sunday and they're coming Monday morning. What am I going to do? It's it's Sunday and they're coming this week. I have nothing and they're gonna come take. What am I gonna do? He says, "Go in, shut the door. Go borrow vessels from everybody. Go in, shut the door and pour." She's desperate. She has no alternative. But let's think about the scenario for a moment, because if you heard this story before, and you know, and and we we kind of kind of missed the point, right? He's telling her, "I know all you have is a little bit of oil." Let's. Just assume. We don't know what a little bit was, right? But let's just assume. I know all you have is a little bit of oil, but this is what I want you to do. Get some empty jars, get a whole lot of them, and then come back home and fill the empty jars with the little jar that you have left in your jar. I wonder how many of us would have said, oh, is that, that's it? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, is that what I'm going to do? Just like that. I'm going to go get a bunch of, bar, of jars and then I'm going to fill those jars with the little bit that's left in my jar. I don't even have a full jar. Are you listening to me, Elisha? I wonder how many of us would have been, you know, more like how we live today and start to complain and question God. How can I fill somebody else's jar when I don't have a full jar for me? How can you use me when I don't have anything of value? How can I give when I don't even have enough for me? What she does next reveals her faith. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we don't see. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 is an awesome passage. It lists all these names of people that were blessed because of their faith. Chapter 11 is like a hall of fame for people that walked in faith. If you look at Hebrews 11, it says, By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken up and didn't even see death. By faith, Noah When he was warned, build an ark, even though it was a ridiculous thing to do. By faith, Abraham obeyed when when God called him to step out, even though God didn't even tell him where to go. By faith, Sarah, who was barren, was able to procreate and have kids. By faith, Abraham, who, when tested, offered up Isaac, even though Isaac was the promise that God answered and gave him and said, through Isaac, your children will come. God said, offer Isaac up. By faith, he offered Isaac up. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the future. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed the sons of Joseph. By faith, Moses, when he was born, by faith, his parents hid him and were not afraid of the king's edict that he should be thrown into the now. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter and he suffered a life because of it. By faith, he left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover so that the one who destroyed the firstborn would not touch him. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as if on dry ground. And when the Egyptians tried it, they were swallowed up. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people of God marched around them. And I love this one. Just so that we wouldn't think that this list is a bunch of holy religious superstars and nothing like us. The, the last one that's mentioned there, it says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute. <laughs> did, did you hear that? We're talking about Abraham, the father of our faith. We're talking about Moses, the deliverer, the redeemer of Egypt. We're talking about Isaac and Jacob. And, Je- and, then, and then by Rahab the prostitute. Isn't that beautiful that God would include Rahab the prostitute in this list? in his hall of fame, that's so that every single one of us here can say, well, that's those those people. So if you're anywhere between the father of faith and a prostitute, you're included. Come on. Come on. It says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute escaped the destruction of the disobedient because she welcomed God's spies. See, the writer of Hebrews uses the word faith 24 times in this chapter. Do you think that's a coincidence? Or could God be telling us that there is faith for every hour of the day? God's going to call you to faith for every hour of your day. Verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For the one who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So what the widow does next reveals her faith. Every house she went to Every jar she asked for was a step of faith. Why? Because she already knows the little that she had. She already knows what he has and he's telling her to believe for a lot from her little. See, sometimes God asks us to step out in our little and believe for a lot. Say amen. Amen. God might be talking to some of you right now. You got a little. God is saying, I want you to step out in your little because I got a lot for you. Now, y'all, y'all ain't even listening. What, what's going on? You got a little. And God is telling you, I want you to step out in your little because I got a lot for you. But the word says, to, the word says, to whom can be trusted, more is given. But to him who can't be trusted, even what he has will be taken away. Sometimes God asks us to step out in the little. It's not always easy. Imagine if you will. Let's bring this to modern day. And, and imagine the remarks and the comments from her neighbors. She goes to the Dominican on the corner. And the, the Josefina says... Oh, Altagracia says, wait, 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 wait. So let me, let me, let me understand something for you. Let me understand. You got a little bit of something like that, una cosita, and you want to take my calderon because you're going to pour the oil it's going to fill that. Are you a stupid? I mean, right, let's think about it. Because you know, I mean, some people, you come and you ask for a favor and they'll just do it, no questions. Some people are, you you know. And if there were any Hispanics in that time, they want the whole story. Wait, wait, but how come your husband died, bro? He <laughs> was bad, he did something, and maybe he's not so good, maybe he not. <laughs> then imagine you left that place and then as soon as you leave, Josefina's calls the neighbor, listen, this lady she just took three calls, she's gonna take the oil, she's gonna pour, she's crazy. And the gossip starts. And then and by the time you get to the to the third neighbor, that neighbor already knows. I know what you want to draw. Here, take that. I don't know. I wonder how many people it would have taken to discourage you. You're trusting God for what? They're going to take your kids, bro. You're, gonna, you're collecting jars, man. Does that make any sense to you? You better call the government. Call somebody. Call Trump. Call somebody. I know not, nothing's going to help you there, but you know what I'm saying? Like, call somebody. You gotta, what are you going to do? Really? You're going to get jars? Like, And how, how long would it have taken us to get discouraged and say, you know what? That is a stupid idea. I'm not going to do it. You're right, man. I must be stupid doesn't make any sense. Man, all I got is a little. I'm asking for Allah. How, how are you going to do this, God? How many people would it have taken us to be discouraged? Can you imagine what some of us would say? He's asking her to walk in something as if she already knows that it works, but she doesn't already know that it works. The word is telling us, if you're willing to pour out the little that you have, If you're willing to let God use what you have, a little becomes much. There's a principle here that's supported all through the scripture. God multiplies what we surrender to him. Write it down. That's a good note. Tweet it. Gram it. God multiplies what we surrender to him. I'm not trying to ask you for money. Offering past already. But God multiplies what you surrender to him. What you trust God with. Verse 5. So she went from him and she shut the door behind herself and her sons. A prophet told her, when you get all these jars, get into your house and shut the door. See, because some people can't come to where God is about to take you. Some people, some of you wondering and you're crying about people that God has removed from your life. Sometimes God is going to bring you someplace and those people can't come with you. Those people will always hold you back. They're always going to doubt you. They're always going to make you question. They're always, sometimes God will remove, some people can't go with you to, to where God is trying to get you to walk this thing out. Somebody say amen. When you're stepping out and walking in faith, you can't just bring anybody with you. It says, what do you have in common? Right, don't be unequally yoked. What do we have in common? If, I'm, if we're yoked to somebody that wants to go this way, but we know God is calling us this way, then at best, we'll end up going this way. At best. Your friend wants you to go this way. God wants you to go this way. At best, you'll end up going this way. Unless till you cut that thing off and say, I'm going to go this way. I guarantee that if you follow me, this is where it's at. But if you don't want to come with me, I'm not, I don't, I'm not willing to end up over there. Come on. You can't bring some people into situations like that. So now, imagine for a moment being in that house at this moment. Imagine we're locked in the door now. This is the best we could do on short notice, but I imagine it was more like that other picture at that time with all those pots. Yeah, those guys. The, there we go. I imagine back then, you know, we didn't have fancy stuff. So I imagine, imagine the house looks like this. And, and there's no furniture because she sold everything and, and, you know, Siemens came and repossessed that stuff and this one and she got nothing left. And this is what the whole living room looks like. And it's just her and her sons. Her sons had to be of a certain age already because they're not going to steal a toddler to go work. They had to be big enough to work already, right? So, so let's, let's assume there's some young people, right? And so her and her two sons are in the house and they, they close the door. Now imagine they look at each other and, and, and she goes, and, and one goes, uh, uh, Mom, Mom, Mama, you think this is going to work? I don't know, Papito. I don't know. I don't know. And imagine that um, she, I don't know, like, uh, well, what you're thinking is. M- like, m- my thinking is maybe I grab the smallest one. Maybe I want to test this thing first. I don't know. Maybe some of you are like, you know, you're crazy. You grab the biggest one. You say, I'm going to go with the big one. If you can feel that, then you can feel all of this. I, I don't know. It depends on your mindset, I guess, right? But, but, but maybe, maybe she grabbed a small one and, and she goes, here we go, puppy. And they're looking at each other and they're, they're one. They know like this is it. If, if this, whatever happens here, this is it. This is it. This is either going to do it or not going to do it. But, but God, we're trusting in you. God, we did what you asked us to do. God, we're walking in what you called us to walk in. Here it goes. And she starts to pour the oil. And, and the little bit that was in there pours out and then it keeps going. And then it, it, it keeps going. And then it's almost to the top. And as it as it reaches the top, she says, She said, Papito, give me give me the next one. Give me the next one. And so and so he grabs the next one and passes it to her. And and she probably lets them spill. Just cause they poured over the edge and she got to the next one and spilled it. And now they're feeling. And now imagine they're looking at each other like And as this one, because this is bigger now, this is going to take a little long, because it's a little drip, it's a little bottle. And so imagine now this, and now this is filling up, and filling up, and filling up, and filling up. And as this one gets to the brim, she goes, quick, Papito, take this one, give me the other one. You, take that one, you, bring me the other one. And so, and, and they give her the other one, and the other one is too heavy to lift, so he just pushes it over, and she goes, Whoop, right to that one, spills some on the floor. And now she's filling the big one. This this one goes to the bottom. This was from here to here, you know. And she's like, "Well, this is gonna take a while." <laughs> but but and 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 but imagine the the son is like, "Mom, I, I think we're gonna be all right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, man, God is good, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. God is good. Get the next one. Get the next one. And they slide over to the next one, and they're filling. And they're filling. And imagine, you know, imagine now this is just filling. And imagine she probably like, wait, hold, hold that one. And so he's holding that one as, as he's filling. And she's like, oh, my God, this thing is happening. And, and imagine she's filling and filling and filling. And, and all around her, she looks around the room. She's seeing God's gracious provision. It smells like nothing but olive oil in this room. And, and, and she's, she's seeing She's seeing this thing and, and, and they're wide-eyed and they can't believe it. Their joy is overflowing and they're filling. This is, their church, this is walking in faith. This is what our walk is like. People that say Christianity's boring, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're just in a religion. You're just in a cult. Go get a weird tattoo on your head and drink the Kool-Aid because that's not, that's, not, that's not walking in Christ. Walking in Christ is this. It's stepping out. This is when it gets real. When you look around and you start to see the promises of God that have come to pass because you stepped out and stepped into. Come on. When you know you didn't have what it takes to do what you're doing, but you're walking in it anyway. And that's why my word is jars, because I want to be reminded throughout this whole year, I I think God is calling me to step out and to believe for things that only can happen if, if, if he's in it. Amen? By faith, the sanctuary fellowship remains even after we got locked out, even after we tried to shut us down, even after we wiped out our bank account, even after the sanctuary remained. By faith, TSF Español now exists and is growing and is going and we're working and and we're making this thing work. By faith, this person here made peace with God. By faith, that one was reconciled to God. By faith, this one comes to church now. By faith, this one's an usher. Do you know who's an usher? By, By faith, this one's a deacon. By faith, this one is preaching the word now. By faith, this one got his life together. By faith, this one survived a deadly accident and he's no longer in a wheelchair. By faith, by faith, I I got jars for days, man. Come on. Verse 5. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her, son, bring me another one. And he said to her, that's it, that's the last one. And that moment, the oil stopped. The second, the last one was full. Not a drop more, not a drop less. He said, there's no more, mama. And the oil stopped. See, God's Provision matched her faith exactly. Whatever she believed for, God met. Do, do you understand what that means? That means if there were 20 jars, 20 jars got full. If she had, if, if she had, say, all right, you know what, Elijah Elisha, Give me about a week because I'm gonna rent a truck. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go around in a U-haul. Beep, 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 beep. I need all your vessels. I need all your cups, your basins, your trinkets, every little thing you got from a wedding, every little sweet sixteen, anything that can hold oil. Throw it in my truck. I'm gonna whatever she believed God for and brought into the room at that time and locked the door with her sons. This little bit would have filled. So now she's done. Verse 7, she came and she told the man of God and he said, now go and sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what's left. Remember, she came to the prophet, she came to God asking for enough to pay her debt so that her sons wouldn't be taken What she received as she stepped out in faith, by faith she received enough to pay off her debt. By faith she's now able to keep her sons. But more than that, God gave her abundance. God gave her security. He gave her enough to live on. He made her an oil dealer. (laughs) Do you understand what he did? I I just need enough, God, to pay my debt. I'm going to make you an oil merchant. I'm going to, you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to be, have, have getmorejars.com. Uh, you're going to, your sons are going to open up the website and you're, you you're, because, because you know, the, the son, you know, one of them was Instagramming the whole thing and putting it on YouTube and, and during it, he's, he was probably saying, mom, we got 1,500 likes so far and now, now Google's willing to pay us for, for showing the video for the hits and for ads and so, so now they're marketing and so now she's a, she's a YouTube sensation and now she's on the ground and she's grand famous and now this thing blew up on the internet back then right and God gave her so much more I just need enough to pay God said I have more for you he gave her security let me ask you church what are you trusting God for what are you attempting for God's glory that requires faith today Could that be ministry? Could that be a, a change of job? Could that be a relationship? Did God put you in a relationship, and He's and 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 now it's a step of faith? That listen, I've had messed up relationships before. Is this the one, God? I'm I'm not doing things the, the, this anymore because I don't know if I can. God is saying, Trust me in this. Is that something we're trusting God for? Is it a job? Is it a, is it a business? Is it is this something? See, sadly, the more years we serve in ministry, the less risk-taking we, we, we do. We begin to rely on our experience and our skills and our planning to win the day. I think that's where a lot of churches lose it. And, and to, to me, I mean, we talk about it all the time with the team. This is something we're scared of. We're scared of getting to the place where we do church well enough that we don't think we need God anymore. Because we sing good enough, we play well enough, we, we preach good enough. We, we can do this thing on our own without God. And sometimes when that happens, we one, at one point God leaves the building and nobody noticed. Because now we got professional church. And he left. He stopped telling us. Why? Because we stopped listening. Why? Because we stopped depending on him. Why? Because there were no more empty vessels in the house. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Would you dare, family, to still believe the words of the Apostle Paul that he says in Ephesians 3.20? He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to that power which is at work in us. Amen? Side note and, and a bonus, this is such a picture of God's grace. While there's an empty longing heart, there's going to be continual overflowing fountain of salvation for us. If we find at any place or at any time that the oil ceases to flow, it's because there's no more empty vessels left. Nobody searching for hunger, nobody hungering for righteousness, no, no, nobody thirsting for what God... Family, this year, let's step out from the normal. Let's step out from the regular and let's walk in faith. Are you with me? Some of you make that your word. If you don't have a word yet, God is saying faith for you. Faith, it's time to step in faith. It's time, trust God is saying some of you trust. Imagine, imagine how many times this widow and her sons told this testimony. Would you stop telling the story if it was you? Or every time somebody said, man, that's, that's a beautiful car you have. Oh man, let me tell you how I got that car. Come to my living room. Look, I still kept like 20 of the pots. But... One day, da, 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 and, and you don't know, you should have been there, man. I was pouring, and I was, I was like, get the other jar, get the other jar, he brought the other jar, and I kept pouring, I was like, oh, look at this. I was just pouring, pouring, get another jar, another jar, whoa, whoa, pouring. So, and you know, the story gets better as you tell it, you know? But imagine how many times you told this testimony to people. Man, God is so good. He's been so God, so good to me. He's been so kind to me. Let's go after some jars this year, amen? Worship team, come on. Let's go after some jars this year. Let's pray, family. Let's pray. I want you to kind of just get with yourself a moment. Just kind of uh, um, um, get private for a second. Tell your husband, you are, stop touching me. Get off. Um, stop kissing me. Stop rubbing my back. Stop touching me. Let me just get with God for a moment. And let's ask God to give you a word for this year that would challenge you. You don't have to get it right now, but, but because you don't want just a good word. You want God's word. Amen? A good word. You can say, oh man, faith is a great word. I'm, I'm going to use yours. I got jaws for life. No, no, you don't. Let God talk to you. This is my word. I'm not saying you can't have it, but make sure that that's what God, because if God's calling you to jaw, you better be ready to step out. You better be willing to get to the point where you got nothing and you believe in God for all of this. If you ain't ready for that, don't pick that word. And then if you ain't ready to tell everybody in your life about every jar that he's filled, if, you, if that's not you, don't get that word. My word last year I think was testify or well, the year before it was testify. And so that year I told stories to everybody I just wanted to testify oh man those are those are great man your job then how come your job oh man let me tell you how I got my job I'm unqualified and God qualified me i'm i 'm honored but God chose me i 'm unchosen, but God chose me i i, I couldn 't do this, but God told me I could do this and i and and it was test I was telling stories all the time testify so ask God today to give you give you a word that would challenge you. I believe God, he wants us to step out and trust him more. I think for me, jars because I, 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 you know, maybe like I, God wants me to trust him like I used to when I was desperate like the widow. When you, you know, you get a job, you start making a little money, you don't get as desperate. You think, well, I could buy it. And you don't get as desperate. And sometimes God will have to bring you to a situation that your money can't fix. And your skill or your, your charisma or your charm, God will put you in a situation where none of that works. And he, and he said, what are you going to do now? You, you trusted in your money, but, but that account is empty. You, you trusted in this, but that car got the, denied. You, 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 you trusted in your fancy car, your fancy car left you stuck on the highway. What happened? I thought those kind of cars don't break down. You trusted, you understand? You put your trust in these things and, then, and God said, okay, now what? And we have to get us to the point where we can be desperate and we can say, God, this is all I got. This is all I got. Can I tell you something else? The world, the world needs to hear our jar stories. I have a stack of cards. I wasn't going to share this, but it it keeps coming to me. I have a stack of cards on my desk. There were, you know, those cards that you got right now, those of you that are visiting for the first time. We used to have this other set. And so there's a stack like this. There's 150 cards on my desk because we've been moving offices from this because, you know, we're growing when we're moving. God is blessing. It's amazing. And I found this envelope on the floor and all these cards spilled out. So I picked them all up and I realized that stack, 150 cards were from one year, 2011, 150 new visitors came that one year and I started going through and oh I said oh that person's still here As I go through another 20 oh I know that person go through another I said God wait, this morning I, I, I'm going to leave them on my desk because this morning I prayed for those 150 people some of you I see them here so it's kind of awesome but a lot of them are just and I said man the world needs to hear our jar stories we need to reach out if there's an empty chair next to you we got a man who could have been here with me who needed to hear this jar story today who needed to yeah but if I if I step out and invite somebody and tell me I don't want to go to church church is a bunch of crazy a bunch of hypocrites whatever you got to go through all that but then what you're doing is I'm going to just keep it secret my relationship with God just me it's just about me and God you know nobody in my and that's not what we're called to do amen God's calling us to tell our jar stories. Cuz so we got jars for days, amen. Remember whatever you surrender to him, he uses. So let's pray right now as we get into just close out in worship. Let's let's pray. Let's ask God, to God, speak a word into my heart that 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 would help me to to live this this year. Speak a word that will help me to remember what you've called me to. God, what are you calling me to? What what is it that that I need to work on let it be bigger please than losing weight let it be bigger than that let it be bigger than, than you know the superficial material God I want money just just say God what do you because what God wants from you that then he when when he orders something he pays the bill so Father we just come to you right now Lord and we ask that you would speak some of us in this room are probably of the mindset, well, God, does not talk to me. Show them wrong today, God. Let a word come to them that even though today, even though right now they might say oh that's just me, that's just me, but Father show them that word every moment that they leave here today, show it let them see that word on the bus let them see that word on the cab, let them see that word in a commercial, let them see that word in their favorite show, let them see somebody with a tattoo of that word let that word just surround them in that word to let them know that you still speak God Father speak to us Speak to us, God. We take our empty vessels today and we put them under the flow. And we ask you, God, that you would fill us up. We take the little thing that we have, the little bit that we have, we surrender it to you. And we ask you to do something mighty, something bigger than us, something not just for us, but Father, if you could use us this year, We give you license to, would that be your prayer today? And we know, Lord, that you would do more than we can ask, abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. Father, we trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 worship.
1: I want to bring up Minister Lee. I wanted to share a dream she had with you, or a dream she had last night.
2: I want you to know this morning that the word of God says, declare a thing and it shall be established. I want you to know then the word of God says, let every word be established in the mouth of two. Or three witnesses several days ago before I knew pastor George was preaching this message and had no clue what the songs would be I had no clue of anything I went to bed and I had a dream in the dream I began to to journey and to travel and as I came across people I was being mocked and I was being accused and I was being ridiculed and and I was tired and I was heavy and all I kept saying in the dream was I need rest I need rest I need rest So I ended up in my home. Now sometimes my home in the dream doesn't actually look like my home, but this was very literal, it was my house. And everything that I normally see on a day-to-day basis was set up the same way when I walked in the door. And I stood there with my youngest daughter and I looked up in the air and I noticed something was happening. And it wasn't coming from the ceiling, it was like from midair. I saw water was pouring out. Of midair, and it was just pouring, and I'm like, Where's that? What? Where's that coming from? And I looked down on the floor, and it was so strategic. There was a bucket, and it was placed right where the water was falling. And I was watching it fall, and when I realized, and I'm trying to figure out what's happening in my flesh, and when I realized that there was an open heaven in the middle of my living room, and that water from heaven was pouring into this bucket. I fell to the ground under the power of the Holy Spirit and I wanted so badly to wake my family up because they were sleeping and then all of a sudden I called on Jesus name and when I opened my eyes all seven of us were gathered together around in my living room and we went and everybody went and grabbed a wine glass and my children and my husband and myself one by one As the water just continued to pour and pour and pour and pour, raised up our glasses, and one by one, we each filled our cups with the water until all of us had our cups, and we lifted them up, and we were getting ready to cheer, right, to do a cheers, to do like a celebration, and I woke up. And as I was in my car that week, I was listening to Elevation Worship, and the song, Fullness, came on. And the Lord said to me, this is what I'm doing. This song we sang this morning, this new song, pour it out, let your glory come. And then three times this week, the Lord confirmed to me through a post, through me reading the word, and through a friend, Isaiah 55, which says in the latter verses that his word will not go out and come back to him void that the rain that's released from heaven will go out to pour out and to nourish and to give life to the ground. So my word, as I was sitting here saying, what's my word? My word is bucket. My word is bucket. Because I used to work in the education field. And we used to read this book called Bucket Fillers. And there were a lot of people that stole from my bucket. There were a lot of people and a lot of situations that depleted my bucket. But Jesus said, no, this year I'm coming to fill that bucket. I'm coming to give you a release that can only come from heaven up above. And so I'm sharing this with you today, not to say, wow, look at what God's going to do for me. No, because I told you, let every word be established. Let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so I stand here with Pastor George this morning, hearing from heaven, hearing from heaven. And I know the Lord has spoken to your heart concerning these things. We have the Holy Spirit that bears witness to this. This is the truth, not only for your home personally, but for this house. And this year we need to get ready. And this year we need to be prepared. And this year we need to have an open jar. And this year we need to have a bucket because God's getting ready to pour out something so amazing and so glorious and so powerful that will be exceedingly and abundantly anything over anything we could ever ask or think of God. So this morning as we begin to sing this new song, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven and that's your cup and let God fill you this morning with the glory of this witness that's in this house today because the Holy Spirit has come to confirm some things for you this morning. It's not just for my heart. It's not just for Pastor George's heart. It's not for just the worship team. It's for us because this year, there's gonna be a bond in the spirit and there's gonna be a unity over this house and I declare it in Jesus' name like has never been before. And I declare that even as those cards come in, they're going to remain because there's going to be something here that the people are going to need. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Like Lee said, if you need God to fill you up today, just lift your hands to the sky and just ask him, Lord, fill me until I'm overflowing. He gives you more than enough.
3: Goodbye. Gail is still with us, the other half of the Wonder Twin sisters. But if you could come real quick, we want to pray for you. We love you. My class is coming because Siomara's in the class. And we were a little sad today. Justin, come. So, family, can we agree that we're going to pray for this family here? That we're going to love them and remember them in our prayers too. Okay? All right? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us this beautiful family to love for years. God, we are thankful that you've opened doors for them for a new life, for a new way, Lord God. So we thank you that your presence goes with them. We ask you to provide for them financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically father at the children's schools, may they find favor. May they find a great education. May they find new friends, godly friends. And Lord, for this mom, we pray for job openings. We pray for favor, God, wherever she would walk, Lord. We thank you for this home that has opened to them to allow this opportunity. And we pray, Lord. That just as we heard, those jars would continue being filled, even in Florida, God. That there would be an overflow, oh God. That would even get there, Lord Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you that they go with you, oh God. So just prepare and lead the way for them, Lord, as they drive there next week, Lord. We love them, and so I ask you to bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Family, you are are blessed. So be a blessing. God bless you all.
1: Amen.